We are? Yeah, we're going to be on Mav TV. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you got levels for me? Yeah. All right. Got good. it. So you and I are on one channel and he's on the other one. Okay, well, let's turn on the juice and cut the damn thing loose. One more time, welcome to it, race fans, for a joint effort with Roland Race News and the Front Stretch. I am Dan Taylor with the Front Stretch, joining me in the boot, in the uh, VIP suite, James Roland, man. Whew. Dude, what a weekend. <laughs> oh my God. I don't think, uh, between the two of us, I don't think we put in less than 24 hours each day. Definite 12-hour days, four hours sleeping at night, and you know what? I wouldn't change it for the world. What an amazing right. weekend. Right. And now I get to sit up here with a kid that I've known since he was knee-high to, knee to a polecat. What's a polecat? Hell if know. I know. James, I know a pole James, dancer. James knows more than I do. So, <laughs> Joining us in the booth, this is exciting to say, your 2021 IMCA Race Saver Nationals champion, the Duke, Tyler Drukey. How you doing, buddy? I'm still trying time. to let that one soak <laughs> in. One? I'm uh, kind of in disbelief. I think yeah. I was. Yeah. I went from uh, I went from unknown to pure excitement and joy to oh unknown no, no kind of disbelief. <laughs> you uh, multi-time track champion out here at Eagle, one of the favorites coming into the weekend. Uh, qualified on Friday night, got locked in. I believe you started middle front row. Yep. Um, take us through that opening lap. I think uh, it got a little dicey there on that first lap or two, and I think the caution came out pretty quickly. Yeah, um, you know, it, you don't want to jump to start and, and give the officials an opportunity to put you back a row because that could mess up your whole race. Yeah. Um, I, I just, if I could get the lead, I knew I'd be pretty good. Um, but uh, Jason and uh, Luke, they, they both got the jump on me, and they both kind of squeezed and came together, and I had to lift coming down the front straightaway. And we went into one, and it was still a little greasy yet from the track prep. It wasn't quite fully run, ran in yet. And uh, I tried – I whistled that thing in there in the middle. You know, Luke being on the outside, he kind of only had one option. And I, I liked my starting spot in the middle. I didn't want to be on the bottom. You could get squeezed and, and kill your run down down the back stretch on the first lap. And I didn't want to be on the outside because you could get slid, mm -hmm. just just like what I tried to do to Luke to, to settle into the second spot. Let me pause you right there. I think he's the only person that has told us in the years we've been covering this that he would prefer to start in the middle. Yeah, that that is kind of shocking. <laughs> you know, Everybody says we don't want to be in the middle. We want to be in the top. We want to be in the bottom. But well, you were excited about the middle. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he worked the bottom, and, it, and it's it's – flatter down on the bottom on the banking and uh you know jason's motor takes off really really good mm -hmm. and luke's does too uh, i raced against them guys at belleville and, and I, I couldn't hang with them on the starts but once i got rolling i felt like i had good enough speed that i could keep up with them and, and maybe be even be a little faster than them but the starts just I, it's not my strong suit we did we went to the chassis dyno this week uh precision racing products with monty and, and chad cook and and we made we made it a little better um, on the chassis dyno this week. So shout out to those guys. But it it was better, but it wasn't perfect. And I knew that coming into the weekend. And so we can do some things to kind of hide it. And, and we just tried to make the best of what we had. And on the start, you know, the top gets a little flat off the exit of four, so you can kind of pin the outside guy. And I didn't do a real great job. I wanted to be side by side with Jason off of four, and and I thought that would take Luke out of the picture, but it didn't. And I wasn't able to stay there. And they, those two, 
Jason came up, Luke was up next to the wall, and I was the odd man out. So when we went down into into one, Luke railed the top, and Jason went to the bottom, and I just there was a little slick in the middle where they didn't they didn't uh, disc it, and I whistled her in there through the middle and slid up, and when I hit the top on the exit of two, it was really greasy. So I don't know what how that played out behind me, but I was able to get by Luke and settle in and run second down the back straightaway. And I thought that was a really important part of the race um, to settle in because Jason's really good here. He's won this race before. And uh, settle into second, and then we made one lap and the caution come out. Now we're single file. And no more three wide, no more – I mean, everything you just said is the most technical I've ever heard anybody talk about this racetrack. This kid has talked like that since he was, like, four years old. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so the caution comes out. We're single file. Uh, I think we had a couple of quick cautions in a row to where you restarted in that second or third spot before you and Jason really started going at it for the race lead. Yeah, we had, we had a good green flag run, and uh, the bottom was getting ran in, and Jason was setting a good pace on the bottom. And I tried the bottom one time, and, and, and honestly, from the start of the race, I knew we were too loose. Um, we weren't stuck like we were on uh, Friday night. And I knew we were loose, and I, I, I had to do my best just to keep the thing straight, keep the tires under me, and, and maintain. And as they ran the bottom in, I was able to, I was able to use the top. And I, I got the top ran in. Jason was running the bottom. And on the restarts, I could hang with him. And I dang near pushing him down the straightaways when he'd come off the bottom of the corner. But um, yeah, yeah, I knew. That, that was another thing. I think you did exceptionally well tonight. The number of times we sit here and watch these restarts and the leaders got five or six car lengths going into turn one, you were right there on every one of the restarts that you were starting behind the leader. Well, I, I, tr I tried my best to, like I said, I knew I knew some guys had some advantages um, just on the initial crack of the throttle. Once we, I know I know where my motor will accelerate, and I have to get it to that point so that I can stay with them. And uh, I was able to do that with Jason, and he went to the bottom on the one restart, probably seven laps in, mm -hmm. and he went to the bottom. So I railed the top, and. By that point, I thought the bottom would start getting thin to where you couldn't run it just wide open like he was the first, you know, six, seven laps. And uh, railed the top, and I was pushing him down the back straightaway. And I think he went to the bottom down here in three and four. And uh, I railed the top and uh, was able to – I'm not sure if I crossed over on him off of four. Yep, you did. I crossed over on him off of four, got the lead, got right back, and I, I wanted to keep my speed up. Because I thought that was very important, you know these these race hitter cars—they're so even, and it's it's like one mistake will cost you three, four car lengths, and it is very hard to make up three, four car lengths because the cars are so even, and that's a credit to the rules package and mm -hmm. everything. But um, so I got back to the top, and I was able to keep my speed up, and I was able to set my pace, and and then uh, and it was my pace was on the floorboard yeah when we were lifting so um and i was able to and my car handled well they got the couple of holes down here in one and i was able to run through them so i didn't have to go above them and and make the racetrack longer and i was able to go through them and still come off a two straight and and tires under me so it was just uh and then as the race went on you know the exit of two just got worse and worse yeah. uh then john carney started coming and that 74b has been fast all weekend He's been nice and quick. 
And he starts reeling off the fastest laps, and he starts closing in on you, closing in on you. Are you getting signals from your crew at all? Can you see your crew at all that he's closing in on you? No, I kept looking at him under the cautions. They wouldn't tell me <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I'm out here leading this thing, and I'm in desperation mode because I know, I know the exit of two is going away, and they ain't telling me nothing. Mm-hmm. So, which we've talked about before. Um, usually when they tell me stuff, it screws me up more than mm-hmm. it helps me. So it's probably good they didn't tell me nothing. Um, you know, I know what my car's doing. I know what the racetrack's doing. That's just experience and been doing this a, quite a few years now. Um, I knew I tried the bottom. We got to lap traffic there before John got me, and I had tried the bottom, and I about parked the thing sideways down there in one and two real bad. And I'm like, I, I knew that just wasn't going to be for me. For me to run the best laps I could, that just wasn't going to happen. I, whether the racetrack was better down there or not, I, I couldn't my car couldn't do it so I decided to go where I thought my car was gonna make the best laps does that go back to you talking about how your your motor's a little bit slow on the get on on the getting the rpms back up again no um so before the race started I was in the in the race in the in the hot lap session um I was I was free on entry and I was really stuck Friday night like all the way around um, but I was free on entry in the hot lap session, and I we talked we had a change in mind if we didn't think that um, they prepped the track to bring the entry point back to bring to bring the moisture back, and in hindsight I wish we would have did that change, but but we didn't, and we thought that it would be more manu- we'd be better if we were a little bit on the free side and be able to maneuver, but. Um, in the end, like, we should have made that change, but we didn't, and we were free from the get-go. Yeah. So I, I had to kind of manage that, and when I seen John coming, I, I mean, I seen him on the bottom a couple times, and I knew he wasn't I – mean, I knew I wasn't going to be able to run the fastest laps down there. So I just tried to run the fastest laps that my car would run. And, you know, he drove by me, and and I, I in my head I told myself, you know, that's fine. Yeah. We're going to get to lap traffic. He, he did get bottled up in lap traffic a couple times, but the couple times that he got bottled up, I get tight in the center of three and four and jump the cushion, and I think I did it twice. And I wasn't ever to cap, able to capitalize on it. And then um, we had a – yeah, we had – then we came to the late race caution. I was just trying to maintain. I wanted to keep him in sight, keep him close, and if anything crazy happened, I'd be able to capitalize on it. All right, so we're coming into that last late race caution, and that was important because there was a late race red that I kind of felt might have sealed the deal for you finishing second. But let's talk about that caution. Um, I can't remember who was involved in that, if it was Toby Chapman or I think it was Toby. I think it was. Um, but uh, but it take us through under those cautions. What, what are you thinking as, you're kind of, as your car is coming around? And you're seeing the track. You're getting new information. What are you thinking for your for your start? Well, I knew the exit of two was going away. Um, John was doing a really great job on the bottom of one and two. And uh, we're idling around there. And the top of three and four I thought was pretty dominant. But the bottom was hanging in there. And uh, so for what my car was doing, it had a couple holes there in one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all weekend long, you know, everybody gets scared of the holes. And they'd either go above them or go below them and slide up to the cushion. Well, the the way the track was banked, um, the way he graded it, 
he is in Roger. Roger. Uh, the way it was graded, it, it kind of flattened off at the top on the exit of two, and it was flat on the exit of three and four. So when the holes come in, and, and even early on when I was getting free, I knew I couldn't I couldn't ride the top all the way around in one and two because I'd be slow down the back stretch. Yeah. I'd be I'd get hung, and I did it a couple times. But so I went around. Nobody had touched the holes. Like they still look juiced up to me. So knowing that my car was free on entry, I, I thought, well, I hope we're free enough that we're going <laughs> to be able to whistle right through them and be able to uh, turn the car and diamond off diamond off a two and get the run down the back straightaway. And the, f- and the initial crack of the throttle on the restart with three to go, John was able to get out there and get out from me. And um, I hit it. I hit it right the first lap and I sucked up to him. And so I told him, don't pull the move, don't pull the trigger too early. So I followed him around the top of three and four, and I think I think he uh, he entered on the bottom and slid across the exit of two, and he knew that it wasn't he didn't have a great exit, so he went for the block to block the slider into three and four. And when he did that, I railed the top and I got the run down the front straightaway, and I pushed him down the front, pushed him down you the did. front you, straightaway, you. and when we went back to one and two. Uh, I went right through the holes and turned the car and diamonded off the corner, yeah. and I had to run, and we came down the back straightaway, and the red light was on. That's where I thought, shit. He showed him his line. Carney's now going to change his line. He's going to block Tyler out of two, and that's going to be it. John Carney's going to win this race. I think there was three to go. Yeah, three to go. Three um, to go. The first couple times, you know, was that the first or the second three? Somebody either just first, stole. Somebody either just stole beer out of my cooler, or stole the banner off the back of my quad, and oh. I don't care about either. This was way too epic of a weekend. Anyways, back to your story, Tyler. Um, three laps to go. What was going through your mind and through your steering wheel? Yeah. So yeah, like what James said. So, are you worried under red as you're sitting there, and you literally have to sit there for ten minutes and think about? All the different scenarios that are about to unfold. I, I was. I was really concerned. I thought, well, I just showed him, and I, I played my cards, and the red came out at the exact wrong moment, and it was over. Um, but in the end, on the restart, you know, he took off, ran the bottom like he was, and he ran the bottom really well in one and two. And uh, I just told myself, no matter what he does, even if he – does my line I'm gonna do the same thing Mm -hmm. because that's what my car does best so I just stuck to my guns I'm gonna do what I do best and uh, in the end he went to the bottom and one and two and I and I actually timed you know my motor I mentioned wasn't you know it takes off good and it runs really really well Um, Speedway Motors racing engines take care of me and Zach's the man and uh, by the way big part of my big part of this one any drivers out there that are doing interviews post-race, that's how you work in a sponsor credit. Absolutely. Continue, <laughs> sir. <laughs> like, there's, I mean, I know Zach's wanted to win this one for a while, and uh, we did too, so uh, I, that, that's almost more fun than winning it for myself is winning it for them guys that helped me get here. But um, I timed it perfectly. I mean, I was, he, John tried to diamond off the corner and get the run down the hill, and I just timed it perfect. And I was pushing him through the cone. And we went through the cone. And as soon as we got through the cone, he pointed towards the bottom. And I thought, gotcha. And uh, so I went through the I went through the holes. 
turned it, and I got to run down the back straightaway. And he knew when he came off a two, he knew that he left the bottom open because he hung a hard left. It was he hung a hard guys, left on the back guys, straightaway. You guys wheel bounced, right? Because I saw the smoke come off your wheels well, on the back straightaway. When he passed me earlier, we touched. I yeah. squeezed him, and, and we touched, and we went into three, and that's fine. And, and on we went. He got away, and, and it was over. But, yeah, we went down the back straightaway, and he hung a hard left. And I thought, if I let him do this, it's over. You know, if he blocks it, i got to stand my ground. And, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's the biggest race of the year yeah. for this for this deal. So there's 91 cars here. There's nowhere else in the country that gets 91 cars for a 305 race. And There's nowhere else in the country that gets 91 cars for 305s, 360s, or 410. This is it, baby. It's, I mean, the crowd, everything about this deal is amazing. But Dude, I, the, okay. I don't want to fast forward, but could you hear the crowd? Truth be told, I did not know that we won until um, I came back around. I seen the 12 on the board, and uh, we went into one, and all Roger said was across the scales, 12, 74. Yeah. He, he goes down the order, and as soon as he said 12, I could hear everybody in the background screaming. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I was like, so, okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll, I'll fill you in on this side of the, the catch fence of what happened, but let's take us through that final lap. So we go down the back straightaway, and I pushed him through the cone. We go down the back straightaway, and um, I knew I had to stick it in there. I mean, <laughs> if we were going to wreck it or we were going to – I had to stand my ground. Stand my ground into one and two, stuck it, got the lead, and I slid up, and I caught the cushion, and he got back by me. And we went back to one and two then, and he did the same thing he did the first lap, and he slid across and got hung on the exit of two. I was able to gather myself back up and do my do my diamond maneuver through the holes and, and get my run down the back straightaway again. And we're coming to the checkered, and, and uh, well, I think he squeezed me into one. He squeezed oh, me into one first, yeah. and, and, and I held my ground. So coming to the checkered, we I knew if I slide across, he's going to rail the top and turn under me and he'll win by three four car lengths and back to what i said earlier the the bottom and three and four was hanging in there it, it wasn't it wasn't the fastest line but it was hanging in there so i tried to stick the bottom of three and four and get the run off the corner and, and make him and he he squeezed me so i knew he wouldn't have momentum um coming off a of four and I, I stuck the bottom and i got off the corner good but he had the banking and, and got the run and I mean, about 150 feet before the checkered, it, it, we cold trickled it, and and uh, <laughs> it was. I mean, I had to break his momentum. I mean, I don't, I don't encourage any of that. But it's the race saver nationals were coming yeah. to the checkered. I thought it was fair game, and I was fully prepared to go for a ride, or we were going to win this thing. Right. And in the end, we both stayed upright, which is good. Um, I, I think they knocked the front end out, which you know, I never want to see but i mean like i said i did everything i could and threw every trick in the book that i knew yeah. that i could possibly pull to try and beat him back to the line you know this might get me into a little bit of trouble and i'm not exactly sure what damage was done to the 74b but you're good at the end of the day that car got pushed off this racetrack, whether they had to throw a new wheel on it, throw a new axle in it, you know, they ended up getting pushed off. I don't know if the hook was maybe a little bit of uh, drama. Forget, I was going to say dramatization, but, man, 
what an incredible finish. You yeah. easily had 5,000 people in the stands and however many at home on IMCA TV. Dude, on your feet. You hear it 10,000 times throughout a season, no matter what rate, what race you watch. We sell you the whole seat, but you're going to need – you're only going to need the edge of it. And I tell you what, that is no bullshit tonight, 100% fact. My understanding is that Boone Supernational is going on the prelude, too. Over in Boone. They were in between races when you guys took a green flag for that final three laps. They held the next race because the crowd was going nuts watching you guys. And I can tell you here, we talked about it. It was a three-lap finish, green-white checkered. Uh, Coming out of two, when you took the lead by nose, I could hear the crowd over everything else. And that's wound up 305 engines. We only lost... We only lost, what, four or five cars? Yeah. So we're sitting 2022, 20, 23 cars. And then everyone collectively saw, like, took it, oh no, when Carney got a big run out of four and had it by a nose at the line. I knew you'd need two. And then, <laughs> and that happened again down the backstretch. And it's, I mean, I said it during that red flag. I think Tyler just lost it. And Tom said, nope, he's got it. And Tom Grosso showed me once again why he's the master. Tom's a big part of our race team. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows that, but the Valco wheels, I mean, that's all Tom. And he's a big part of our race team. And um, I'm, I miss Jimmy a lot. Um, we were just kind of getting started. I was able to start helping Jimmy. When uh, Tom started helping me, we started talking. And uh, we really miss him. And, um, you know, I – I just hope that, you know, I know Tom's been through a lot of rough times with the Valco wheels, yeah. and I hope uh, I hope he got excited over that because uh, <laughs> he's a big part of my race team, and uh, I can't thank him enough for everything he's done for me. And, um, yeah, I I didn't – I mean, when that first red con, I, I thought it was over. Yeah. I mean, I did. And, uh, you know, the push truck Mike came down, and he, he put me in gear. And I told him, he put me in gear, and, and uh, I told Mike, I said, that was it. That was my chance. And Mike Mike just said, take a deep breath, saddle up, get it done. Wow. And, uh, you know, sh- Mike's going through some stuff right yeah. now. Um, He's and, fighting the big C. And, uh, you know, Mike's the man. He's been, he comes down, he came down to my trailer when I got started, and he always talked to me, you know, it didn't matter if I was, Jason Johnson or, or uh, you know, Shane Stewart back in those days. or I was just 17-year-old rookie getting learning, and he always stopped at the trailer and always said hi. So, you know, I, I hope that, you know, I man, I threw every trick in the book that I could think of to try and try and pull this deal off. And uh, those guys that, that helped me and, you know, Matt Zaz and, and his sister Chris and, uh, losing their son Jake, and I, I just really hope that a win like that, oh, that's a big win for me, and uh, a win like that, I hope that maidens more to them than what it means to me, and hopefully uh, hopefully they find as much joy in it as I do. God damn it. I didn't think I was going to cry again. You know, I, I was just going to say <laughs> how... We don't have to cry, but... No. Just fucking drink. How's that? How interesting is it that, you know... You got choked up. Tom got choked up during the salute to those lost 13 Marines. 
I got choked up tonight when we had the entire audience sing the national anthem. Yeah. And what happened? We all three kind of got that? choked up. What happened on the national anthem? Dude? Uh, the push truck team said the tow crew. The tow truck crew said instead of having the doing the traditional recorded national anthem, let's have the whole crowd sing it. So we See, started. I, I didn't it? know. I didn't know that back there. Yeah. But then the whole crowd started chiming in. It was actually pretty neat. Right. It was like I don't know incredible. why we don't do that more often. There's there Thank are you. so many things that have happened at this track on a whim. Well, there, let's be careful about more often. I guess. <laughs> Maybe right. we'll save that for save the, it for, for the, for the for nationals the, and make it special. I, that's all right, pretty cool. I like the way you think, but right. I I just think it's so incredible that you know we are all grown ass men. I've only known you for about three years, Dan Taylor. I've known you for a long ass time, Tyler Drukey, and I think it's pretty awesome. No matter the masculinity or how big of a set you have to have to go out here and win the race, Saver Nationals, but we can all sit up here and get choked up together over friends that we have here, soldiers, friends that we've lost, you know. There ain't nothing wrong with having a little bit of emotion, and you've got to feel some incredible emotion today. Picking up the biggest, I don't know if that's the biggest win of your career or the the biggest biggest. win of your 305 career, but, man, what an incredible night. Oh, it's it's definitely the biggest. I mean, just, and it's... I mean, it's not like this pays $10,000. I mean, this is the most prestige. This is the best cars in the country, you know. And it's the uh, toughest. That, it, <laughs> this thing's a dogfight. Yeah. We just do our, our best uh, Maverick Tom Cruise impression and, and Top Gun and got it on. But um, I think that's the part that I feel for a lot of these drivers. Under that red flag, and I thought I've talked about it a couple of times now, how much you had to work to get to that point, and you're sitting there, and you're thinking, God, it's, oh, it's for this year, it's done. Who knows what happens next year? Well, <laughs> who knows what happens for the next two, three, four, five years? You may never be in that position again to be able to fight for the Race Saver Championship, and you were still able to wrestle it away despite all the odds that that was it. Well, I can back up to Friday night. I mean, this track was super fast. Yeah. And I was in a heat race with a previous track champion and a guy that set the new track record. And we ran third. Uh, and I started third and I finished third. So that buried me in the sea on our prelim night. We're good. James is just a little drunk. No, not even not even not drunk even yet, just blind. All right. We'll go with the blind. We're good. Continue. So, so I can back up to Friday night and um, – you know, I had, I had a guy set the new track record at the place, and yeah, uh, Luke Cranston set a brand new track record twelve three three seven. Yeah, and Trevor Grossenbacher, who's a previous track champion, and Trevor's mm-hmm. ran really. He's been really close to winning this deal a handful of times now. Yeah, and you know, we drew a good pill, and then we ended up in a one of them first heat races, and uh, man, we're in trouble because. I don't know that we're going to pass these guys. And if we don't pass nobody, that means we're going to be buried. You're at least and in the sea. Yeah. So we started third, and I did everything I could. You know, I'm not going to crash Trevor in a heat race on, on lap four. You know, I had a chance. The weekend. I mean, I had a chance. I was inside of him, and I couldn't. You know, I, That's not the time. Yeah. So that's not the time to win it or wear it, you know, like it was coming to the checker tonight. But so the – you know, I ran third, and 
track was juiced up, and now we're starting eighth in the C, and there's a lot of good cars in the C feature on Friday night. And I, I told the guys, we're going to have to be really, really good to be able to make something out of this. And we got to we got to fourth or something like that in the C, and then and then a couple guys crashed in front of us, and and next thing you know we're leading it, and was able to finish off the C, and that was the first time I raced against John. He he got to second in that C on Friday night, and uh, you know he tried to slide me, and I crossed over, got him back, you know, and and I was able to maintain. So that's when I knew, you know, if you can maintain with that 74B car and stay in front of him. You're really good, yeah. Because that car can everywhere it goes, it's really, really fast. It doesn't matter who drives it. And um, and then we came off, and then we went to the B, and I picked him off, and I picked him off, and and he never got in front of me in the B, and then they, they ended up in a crash or whatever. But um, and I just see car pass car and picked him off one at a time through the B, and I you know I wasn't. I got to in the B. I, you know, I raced uh, Jay Russell really, really hard in the B, and he's, and he's we both on really good at the end of this year. Jay's a good racer, and I raced against him for a long time. He's a real good racer out of Missouri, and they do a really good job, and they have an awesome team. And uh, yeah, we just maintained with him, and I ended up finishing second to Jay in that B, and we started in the back, and man, we didn't have tired, we didn't have time to change tires. Just drop the air pressures back down fill it up with fuel go again yeah and uh, that a feature started and just same type of same mentality and that probably goes back to i was able to run a 410 this year and go to Houston's, and we was able to lead a few laps up at Houston's. and i one of them nights up at Houston's, i told myself it's, it's not going to be pretty just drive the heck out of it and try and it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be smooth. Just drive the heck out of it. See, see how far you can lead this yeah. thing, and just one lap at a time, and go as hard as you can. And that's and that. It's not that the 410 has slowed anything down for me up at Houston's, because we're going actually, you know, we're going the same speeds. Really, we're averaging like 91 mile an hour up there, yeah. and we average 90 mile an hour here. It's the same speed, but it's the intensity, and. You know, I know John's done some 410 stuff. Jason's done World of Outlaw stuff in the past and 360 stuff. So it's that intensity part that you have to match. And if you don't match it, you'll just get left. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so then with that A feature, it was just kind of the same thing. And, and we our handling was going bad there halfway through the A on Friday night. And I didn't know how far we got, but in in the end, at the end of the night, it said 5X and 12. So I was like, wow, we went all from the C all the way to second. <laughs> I, I thought we were fifth or sixth. So yeah. I was like, well, that's pretty good. We'll be in the second row. and Here we are in the front row. So I yeah. didn't expect that either. I just got lost on the track. I didn't know where I was. So just kept that, seeing car passing. That around. was – and I thought we were in trouble after the C. And I told the guys all the time, you know, I, I get sick and tired of people – they complain about the format. If you need a format to win a race, you're not very good. I'm sorry. That might be the quote. I, thank you. I can't. Thank you. I, and I, I go down to the pit meeting, and everybody talks about it, and I'm like, man, if your car is good, you'll get there. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. After the heat race, I was starting to question that. I, I didn't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> I thought we were in big, big trouble. But we, we rallied, and we saved our whole nationals on Friday night. 
Uh, by the way, we haven't done a reset yet. Uh, Dan Taylor with the Front Stretch Radio Show. James Rowland with Rowland Race News talking with the uh, Race Saver Nationals champion for 2021, Tyler Drukey. All right. <clears throat> I don't even think we've talked about that final lap yet. Coming out of turn four, uh, you did talk about it. You winning by point oh two six. Oh two seven. It was oh two six. It was oh two six. It was oh two six. Okay. Because I looked at it like four or five times and I was like, "Crap, how do I say that?" I'll take your word for it because you know you're <laughs> had, in the booth. Yeah, I'd race I'm monitor. in the infield. Yeah. You know, I I don't think I've ever made. I am six foot one. On a regular day, I'm pretty sure I made myself six foot five to watch that final lap. Coming across the scales, the radio comes over and says 12, turn down and go into victory lane. What happens next? I Happy tears, I mean, <laughs> come on, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I, I, I mean, You've been to victory lane plenty of times here. Yeah, but... Man, this is different. Yeah. This is this is a big one. I, and um, I, I, I can verify that, too, because when you got out of the car, you were so excited to win that race, you forgot to do a wing dance. Well, I mean, <laughs> everybody does a wing dance. Yeah. Like, that's not very unique. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jumping down, act like a fool, and pump our arms. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, man, I, I don't know. The... I wasn't sure that we won the deal to begin with because I, like I said, we came off a of four and I knew I knew what I had to do to even have a chance when we went into three. I, I had to stick the bottom and I had to get off the corner because he had momentum and he had the the, the banking and the top to to go back by me, and he was he was going back by me, and I mean he's probably not going to be happy when I say this, but 150 feet before the checkered, I turned right. Yeah, and I had to I had to break his momentum, you know, and, and I don't I don't do that. Everybody says that, you know, like it's kind of it's kind of like hollow words, I guess. But man, I wanted to win. Yeah, and I, uh, and I was that, willing to do anything. To that exact point, I'm thinking back to the I think it was the 2018 Race Saver Nationals when we come to a restart. I think it's even raining a little bit outside. Yep. Jason Martin, your race leader, Kevin Ramey is second. They go into turn one. They're side by side. Ramey comes up the racetrack and just slams Martin. And they tire slam perfectly. Front re- front tires to front tires, rear tires to rear tires. Perfectly slam. And then Ramey drives off and wins the, the race saver nationals. So, and I was, I was talking to Martin about it later. Uh, I want to say like a year later. And he's like, man, it's the race saver nationals. Well, I don't like that it happened, but it. It's the race saver nationals. It's the last chance to win that race. I don't blame him one bit. And I w- and I'm not gonna crash him. Like we're gonna both gonna finish. I'm not. I, I was one thing I'm not willing to do. I'm not gonna crash him. I'm not gonna stuff him off a of four, because then there'll be another restart. Yeah. And you know because we did cross the line, and then somebody else is gonna get me. You know, I'm not willing to do that. Um, he knew he missed the bottom. He hung a hard left. I, in my head, I'm like, I gotta stand my ground. And uh, you stand your ground. You went down into three, and I knew if I didn't play my cards right, I didn't even have a shot. But, you know, he he had house money when we went into three, and you know we came off of four, and he did everything he was supposed to do, and I feel like I did everything I needed to do to have a chance, and we came off and had a chance, and I mean, I 
we're coming to the checkered. Yeah. If we're coming, you know, that's not, I'm not going to do that coming to the white. There's that's not, not a that's not the fan. that's not the thing we're going to do coming to the white. But we're coming to the checkered. Yeah. And I mean, I wanted to win, and I guess it, it's all about uh, it's all about positioning, and it's all about uh, leverage. And I mean, I had leverage coming off the bottom of four, and we beat him back. I don't think there's a single race fan out there who would blame you for what you did. You know, and it, there's like only one said, race team that's not going to be very happy with me. And even then, I think, yeah, John's probably upset about the whole deal, but a week from now, a couple weeks from now, when the bitterness wears off, he, he'd probably put himself in your, your seat and say, I might have done the same thing. In the famous words of Jason Johnson, and for the record, I'm going to misuse this quote because you, in fact, did not wreck him. But I hated to wreck him, but shit, I wanted to win. Well, I, I definitely crowded him, that's for sure. I mean, I, I you know, I don't want to tear up equipment. I don't like yeah. tear it. I don't like fixing stuff. Right. It takes too much time and too much money. Absolutely. So, um, but I was willing to turn over coming to the checkered for myself. Yeah. And luckily, we both made it back to the checkered. And, you know, like I said, I wasn't sure that we got it done either. Even even with all that, you yeah. know, I think if if they would have won and they would have had the front end knocked out, they wouldn't have cared. But yeah. I'm sure they're not happy with having the front end knocked out and running second. Have you talked to him? I haven't. Um, you know, I, there's a lot of people came down yeah. and we took a lot of pictures. I mean, I really would like to go over and say, hey, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Right? Is, is that is that bad? I don't know. Yeah. Um, when do you do that? Do you text him later? Do you run down in the pits tonight and talk to him after everything's all settled? Um, Is it too fresh right now? Do I need to follow it, you down with a camera? <laughs> no. I mean, I talked to John last night. You know, we hung out. <laughs> that's the bad part. We hung out after the races, and, you know, he's a great guy, and he's a yeah. great race car driver. Yeah. And um, he's got a great team that he's driving for. And, you know, he, he told me, he said, uh, he said, your car – Last night, he said, your car comes off the bottom really hard. And, you know, in that feature, that was a weakness. I, I didn't come off the bottom of two like I did in the race of champions last night. And um, it just – it just the way we had it – the way we had our car, it wasn't right. But, um, you know, he said <laughs> – when, when we left, the, at the, his last words at the end of the night were, I'm coming for your ASS. <laughs> and, this is uh, a podcast. You can say it. Uh -huh. hey, uh, by the way, can I just – I just want to point this out. Um, it's spelled S H I T. <laughs> oh yeah, there I was, was a little bit of a stumble on that. all over that. <laughs> I, I, you know, S H I A. You know, it, you knew what I meant. That's great. If they wouldn't have told me that, if if Dan wouldn't opened his big mouth and said that it was going to be on Mav TV coming up March, whatever the date was. I was totally going to walk down in victory mm -hmm. lane and say, Tyler Drukey, you said you were going to drive the shit out of it, and you did exactly that. I think well, you I don't – I mean, I have a rule when I come to the racetrack. I don't want to cuss, and I don't want to drink beer in front of the kids. Got to be professional. Yeah. That's my thing. Um, you know, everybody knows. I did drink. you break both the rules tonight? I did. I, I did. I was uh, not, edible. I was oh, not by the good. way, I don't think you cussed. You spelled it out, which well, is – Well, I thought if they were old enough to know what it was – yeah. And it was okay. You know what? But the younger ones didn't know. There's a couple of adults in here that can't spell shit. So obviously, I couldn't spell it either. <laughs> By the way, those of you that, that weren't here at the racetrack or haven't seen it, 
during driver introductions. Uh, you fit it. You were we were stolen Top for three. a little bit of time. Yep, needed to make up ground. Um, we uh, James did an interview with Tyler and said, uh, you know, what's your plans? And, and Tyler said, I'm just going to drive the S H I T off of this. That, well, that was the but intentions. he really <laughs> said that was the I stumbled all over. There was a bit of stumbling, but you know. You're setting up for what you didn't know at the time was going to be the biggest win of your career thus far. You know, I've foobarred some spelling before in my life, and I, I don't blame you a bit. And I really think that, you know, just the kind of fumble and everything in there, that brought a few fans some laughs, that yeah. brought a few fans some anger, and that brought a few fans a whole hell of a lot of cheer. Well, I mean, I don't. You know, there's a lot of kids around. I don't want to represent myself in a bad way, and I don't want to represent my family in a bad way. Um, try we'll bleep not this. Try not to put anything mm -hmm. out there that's going to embarrass my last name. Um, but I, I don't know what else yeah. to say. I no, mean, it's that, I, that's what it was going to take to win the race, and sometimes there's no sugarcoating it. That's yeah. what it was going to take. And Spot on. I've always it, I think it proved true. <laughs> I've always felt, you know, uh, drivers don't a lot of times go around cussing and screaming and, and carrying on. You know, they do it in the emotion of things, and I think that's a beautiful moment for racing. Absolutely. When, when somebody is that dedicated to their craft that the emotion spills out and they cuss. You've always been a very clean person. You drive clean. You act clean. You, you've got a very polished image to yourself, and, and you've worked very hard at that. The fact that... You said that just told me right away he's going to win this fucking race. Well, there's a lot of nervousness and whatnot, and we went to a big race in Belleville here about a month ago, and I thought we had a car that was capable of winning the race, and I was very confident. You know, I really didn't have any nerves. Um, I was like, our car's the fastest car here. And in the end, we had some other problems that prevented us from even – Man, we didn't even sniff it. Like mm -hmm. it was, it was kind of. It was really disappointing. Tonight there was a lot of nervousness because I'm like, I I told everybody, you know, there was a couple years ago, um, Jake Bubak, you know, he ended up winning this deal last year, but there was a couple years ago they were the fastest car here, and I told Jake, and I said it's yours to lose in driver intros, and everybody knew that that was the fastest car and that's who we were chasing. And in the end, um, they didn't quite get it done. So I told everybody, I'm going to hide in the trailer so nobody can talk to me because I don't. I, I had so many people come up to me this year. Um, this is your year. You're, this is, you know, yeah. everything. And I told everybody, I, I hope so, you know, and we're going to do our best. And there's a lot of nerves go involved in that. And I... I told everybody, I'm going to hide in the trailer so I don't have to talk to nobody because <laughs> I know how that worked a few years ago for another guy. And, you know, he ended up winning this deal. So just there's a, there's so much that goes into it. There's a lot of nervous energy. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of excitement because I was like, our car has been so good here lately. And um, we worked on it all summer long. We've been very inconsistent here all summer long. We hit it right. You know, I think we should have won the first night here, the opening night, and just you know, a lap car deal. And it just it's just a racing deal, mm -hmm. and nothing, nothing to hang our hats about. But that sent us down a path that um, we weren't, our our stuff wasn't right, 
and me being having a split focus doing some 410, 360 stuff, I wasn't f- solely focused on 305s, that uh, it, it took us longer than it should have to figure that out. And we were very inconsistent. I mean, mm-hmm. Joey Danley was the the... Don't, don't do that when he's talking. Joey Dantley was the, the class of the field all year yeah. this year. He was yeah. really, really fast. And, I mean, credit to his team. And Jason, he was really, really consistent. And congrats to him on a track championship. But, I mean, there's – I don't like getting beat. And when somebody – as competitive as I am, you know, I, I don't want to give anybody nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, you get results, that's all you get. And from me, and those guys were out resulting me, and it burns me up. Mm-hmm. And so I I can't stand it. I, I really can't. James, but who was I talking? Who were we talking to? Was it Adam Golian that was talking about this is the hardest working dude in the pits? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that was him that said that. Monday through Friday, you're the hardest working son of a bitch out there because you're running your ass off for the for the trucking company. Oh, and then you're yeah. busting your butt in in the pits trying to get your car better. And he I think he, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it, it just basically said like it, it pisses me off how good the guy is. Basically, uh, I miss that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had to go back and listen to that. Yeah, go he, back he, and he, listen to Friday's podcast because that dude puts you up on a real big pedestal and like I said earlier in the episode, you know, I've known you since you were a kid. I was a Swindell fan. You were a Hoddenshield fan, and I can remember our, this was before the big pool deck was made over at Uncle Bill's house, and I can remember arguing with you about that at three or four years old, and you know, in my entire life, as passionate as you were then, I had no clue that you were going to turn out to be who you are now, and man, I, I got to uh, give credit where credit is due. It, You're it, a pretty impressive about, guy. I mean... I don't know. I that's I mean, that's all I got. I ain't very yeah. smart. <laughs> <laughs> You're a successful I'll, business guy, I'll though. I'll try. Well, that that's my mom and dad. I mean, mostly you know my dad. Um, and who my taught family. you how to drive an 18 speed? Well, that's my dad. But I mean, I'd have nothing without my mom and dad. They taught me everything I know. Um, the only thing I know how to do is. Wake up earlier and stay up later than anybody else. And not saying I get any more done than somebody that is smarter than me that can wake up later than me and get the same yeah. amount done. Um, <coughs> I that's all I got. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we had a high school basketball coach that uh, he nicknamed me Spark Plug. <laughs> is that the one that um, this is something that very few people know, but you actually do have a couple of weeks of sport compact experience. Uh, you know what? Let, let's go ahead and take this back a little bit. We've talked about the huge race saver national win. Tell us a little bit about what got you here. I know you've ran several different kinds of cars for several years, and I hate to keep you longer than I should because I know you've got people You're down at your to trailer. You're going to split this into like three oh, no. episodes. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. When we were down there on the front stretch, I went up and told your mom, I said, as soon as he's done, you're going to have to find somebody to steer this car because I'm taking him up to do a podcast. And then somebody sent me a text and was like, where are you at? And I'm like, you know, it's going to be a while. We've got to do a podcast. It's going to be about. And your mom chimed in and goes, four hours. And I said, oh, no, about 45 minutes. And she's like, oh, no, four hours. Well, we're, there, up, we're there. 
We're yeah. 45 minutes. Oh, good We're spot on. Oh, no. Don't we don't edit. No. I don't know if you heard the Adam Gullion interview, but we don't edit. <laughs> yeah, so. there's no editing. I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. Based on what you said, I'm going to have to go back. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Listen to it all. I have been trying to get, ever since I launched my podcast, which has, for the record, way less views than Dan's, check out Roland Race News. I have been hounding Joey. I mean, I've known... Terry for the last I was probably offended. You know, I won an eight feature last night too. You didn't invite me up here. You so won the ROC. Joey won the main. So make sure I got this done tonight. So you I want to come up here? There you, you go. Want, do you want the the truth behind the reason why we asked Joey and not you? Because he won more races than me. No, 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 no. Because we've been trying to get him on the show for so long. I know that I could walk up to you and say, "Hey, let's go do an interview," and you'll run up to the studio. You'll run up here with me and do it. And the same thing with with James. But we literally, like, it was a mom and dad thing. Like, James went and said, hey, let's go do the podcast. And Joey said, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. And, and then I went down there, and I'm like, Joey, let's go. We're going to doing the podcast. And he's like, no, 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 no. You got to tell him. And when yeah. he starts winning as much as he does, he's going to start talk a little he's gonna ask him doing some pub. Yeah. I started asking him back when I started the Roland Race News deal in October. Finally, February rolled around, and I'm like, look, man, I've known you forever, Let's come on here and talk about it. You know, people don't necessarily want to talk to the guy that runs 18th each week, even if he does have the heart. And he's like, oh, well, I'm sure they've got great stories, too. And I sent him a text back that said, look, man, I've known you for the last 12 or 13 years. You're a winner. People want to hear from you. And he just didn't reply back. I, kind, I knew that it was going to be hard. So before Dan went up and talked to him, he came I walk- back to the piss last night smiling, so he must have had a good time. Oh, I know he that he had fun. a good time. The kid thinks that he can't talk on a microphone, but the fact of the matter is you get three or four wins racked out in the year, and that kid is a freaking natural. All it takes is but a little confidence, and he definitely right. was oozing and, confidence And just having year. a good time. So it simply came down to the fact I knew you wouldn't say no. So <laughs> I had the opportunity. That sounds bad. Yeah. You, you're. I mean, you're – but – you are one of the shining lights that I always tell people about sponsorship and media. Exactly. If you're, you're looking to sponsor somebody, you are a dude that is going to give back to them because the fact of the matter is it's not like back when your dad was racing and you can go down to Ted's bar and Ted's bar is going to give you $100 to do this. Nowadays, we have social media. We have marketing. We have all of this. It's not just a sponsor. You are a marketing partner. Yeah. You and Dirk talked about this on your show a couple of weeks ago. Well, you have to give back. Don't kid yourself. Like a lot of the stuff you see off our Facebook page, like my mom and Brandy, my wife, uh, they do the live videos. But the results things and stuff like that, that's mostly I have to do that. Yeah. And quite frankly, I hate doing it. But uh, it's I'm not. <laughs> it's the part that even after winning the biggest race of your career, having probably – at least seven or eight bush lights. There's three there, unless not. Lie. Yes, but uh, there's you three were down there, in but victory how many lane in victory for quite lane. a while. There's only one Budweiser, mm-hmm. and I did not enjoy it. But if I asked you to list off your sponsors, you'd list my off feelings. every single one of them in the proper order, correctly, pronounce, you'd pronounce them all correctly. That's the part that I think a lot of people fail on when they come to driving. When James is sitting in victory lane and says, make sure you thank some of them sponsors, the number of guys that have to walk around their car and, oh. um, uh, uh, um, you know, listing them all off. <laughs> thank you. But anyways, we're getting quite a bit sidetracked, as, as you would come to expect. Well, if people are willing to sponsor me and buy a tire and buy fuel right. and, and a pit pass for me and, 
you know, I have a sponsor who gives me ice for the cooler. Mm-hmm. It all matters. Right. That's, you know, right. $5 a week. There's, what, 52 weeks in a year, and we go racing 20 of them. You know, take 20 times five. That's a pretty good sponsor. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, so if they are willing to give me enough of their hard-earned money to for me to go out and drive a race car in a circle, like, the least I can do is memorize their name. I and, and yeah, and, you know it, it's it's kind of and it's kind of cliche and it's kind of uh, not that impressive, you know that you just rattle off their names, you know. Yeah. It, it, everybody does it, you know. Maybe not everybody, but you know, guys, you know everybody does it. A lot of people do, um, but it it makes a difference. I yeah. mean, if they weren't willing to spend five hundred dollars and buy me a new right rear tire, I mean that's I'm going to have to haul an extra load sometimes this week to, to make up for that. So it, it all makes a difference. And, and uh, my favorite sponsors are the guys that call me and want to know how the races went. And they're actually interested in how we're yeah, doing. Absolutely. And some of the guys call my dad and talk to him about it. And I don't even know about it. And I found that out here a week ago. But which is, you know, it's cool that because I was like, I thought they didn't care. You know, yeah. I, I, I like people that care about what we're doing. And, I mean, we put a lot of time and effort into this deal. And, um, you know, Matt Zaws, he works – Matt Zaws works harder than anybody here at Eagle Raceway. I've said that before. He's the best crew chief here. Um, my little brother, Austin, going to school um, for to be a mechanical engineer, he's helped out a lot this year in just vehicle dynamics and how all that stuff works and, and how we think. Dustin Gertis does anything that – I ask him to do drive truck, you know, show up, do maintenance on Tuesday nights, you know, helps. He stays late and helps like he does everything. And our race team and, you know, him working for me, like, man, that's what makes this operation go. My dad, he helps me so much that that he gives me the ability to be able to afford to do this stuff. And, you know, thank God he's he's uh had a pretty professional trucking operation and, and has taught us the ropes and how to do things and and to do things the right way and represent ourselves to where people call us to haul their rock, haul their grain, haul their fertilizer. Um, it's a big part of it. You know, Cherney Enterprises is a sponsor of ours that came on here at Belleville. You know, they're out of Belleville, Kansas, and we haul loads for them. And Falco Wheels, you know, Tom, I already mentioned him. You know, obviously, Drukey Trucking and Ranch, that's mm-hmm. my dad and his brothers. And um, Zaz Farms, that's Matt. Piccadilly Rose Hill Ranches is my aunt and uncle. And uh, Johnson Farms is my dad's childhood best friend. And uh, his dad used to race, so we like to t- talk old racing <laughs> stories and old yeah. old late model stories, which is awesome. I love talking to, to Doug and Troy and... Uh, Scott Angel helps me out with the Angel's Energy Service, and, you know, he he usually talks to my dad. That's what I found out. He usually mm. talks to my dad more than he talks to me about how we do, but, um, you know, Sardison Racing, TD Signs and Graphics is basically our family deal. We, you know, we do all our own graphics to try and yeah. save money and, and whatnot and do some little stuff on the side. 402 Massage is my wife's uh, twin sister, Andrea, and you know, feel good, race good. So that that's a big, big part of it. You can go see her in Ashland. Uh, 
After Again, this weekend, I think I will. Let me just let me. I, this is just one of those little nuances I want to I want to pick on, is that you didn't just say the name, you mentioned you can go see her in, in Ashland. You, you know, broke feel it down good, and race put good. heart behind it. That's it, well, again. That's the. This is. A I should have had her give me a massage before today because <laughs> I was all worked up. But I needed a nap first. But yeah, you know, everybody helps. My my it aunt is. Jim Bell. My aunt. So I I couldn't say Janelle when I was a child. So I said Jim Bell. Yeah. That was my name for. Her. So uh, when we put Jim Bell on the car, that's what it is. It's my aunt Janelle. <laughs> I am. For as long as I've known you, I've always wondered that, and finally you clear it up on the collab with it's, the front stretch just and my aunt, race and news. she's been my, you know, it's not the biggest sponsor, but she's been there every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordon Electric, I get ice. That's the ice sponsor for the cooler, and they help us out quite a bit. You know, Double Z Express is Matt's uh, mom and dad. Um, you know, we, we lost them here in recent years, and I hope that helps their family. You know, representing them, um, help putting them in victory lane. I hope it brings them joy. I hope some brings them excitement. And then, Sarson Racing, Ron and Jeannie have been awesome to me. And J and J Auto Racing, Jack and Bonnie. You know, I've said for a long time. You know, there's all kinds of different chassis manufacturers. And uh, Jack and Bonnie are Bonnie's awesome to me. And to me, they're the smartest people and. Sprint car racing, I mean, in my opinion, the best sprint car driver in the world runs their cars, so why wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. Who's that in your opinion, by the way? Donnie Shots. Okay. So, um, you know, Jack and Bonnie are awesome to me, so as long as I'm paying for the cars, I'm going to buy them from them. And CSI Shocks, you know, I used to deal with uh, Jake Argo, who's helping uh, Tyler Courtney on the All-Star Tour, but uh, Garrett and his whole shock program that he's built – and his whole uh, business is awesome. You know, I, I can call them whatever I need. They're able to get it to me. Yeah. So I And I've been on CSI since, man, 2012 maybe. So, and there, there's all different, the, you know, these race cars are pretty simple. They're, there's all different kinds of manufacturers, and they all do a great job. It's who you choose to work with and who you get along with. So that cliche about people it you know it, it's cliche but it, it makes it's a true. difference and it, it is true and it's it's who you get along with who fits you personality wise and and everything and all those people help me like all them guys that worked at csi all them welders at j and j that fix my cars when i bend them up all them guys that uh work at the engine shop with zach at zach woods and speedway motors racing engines and all the people that work at speedway motors um it, everybody like it and it's not just me and it's not just my crew it's all them guys that build them parts and because yeah. i can't build them i ain't smart enough to build them <laughs> you mentioned it earlier is that is this zach's first uh race saver championship that I'm not sure. Um, I should probably check with him. It might be. I would be. assume with Dover one, he was probably running. He a was. Speedway yeah, motor. that's probably right. Yeah, he probably but won it with Dover. Yeah. Um. <laughs> All right, so you don't get to have that one, but that's fine. <laughs> Jack, Jack's <laughs> a heck of a race car driver, so I don't beat him in too many things. Uh, all right, I think we've talked long enough. I think we've we've kept you away from some of your fans and family and and people that are wanting to party with you and and say congratulations. Um. Yeah, this is this is a big one for a lot of people. You obviously have a huge fan base here 
that have been waiting for a long time for you to knock this one off? I, I mean, you don't realize how many people cheer for you until you win a big one. And mm-hmm. Man, it was nonstop down yeah. there for a while, taking pictures with everybody. Yeah. And, and It was an hour, 14 minutes, and 37 seconds before <laughs> I talked to you into the last one. All I can do is say thank you. I mean, I, I don't feel like it does it justice, but all I can do is say thank you. And, I mean, I appreciate everybody that cheers for us and everybody that helps us. It's uh, it's a crazy deal. Yeah. It's a crazy deal, and there's so much so much different variables that have to come together to allow you to pull off one of these deals. Hopefully we got more big ones to come, but, um, you know, I, are you retiring? Are you Cause we already had one driver say he was retiring on this. And I called him a liar to, Oh wait, no, that, that, that was Jason Danley. We'll, we'll talk about I the other guy. Go back to Friday's yeah. episode. If you want to know about it anyways, back to Tyler Drukey. <laughs> I think they're at, both lying, after yeah. after I realized how close the finish was, I was like, I don't think we're going to be able to top that. But, <laughs> but you know, um, no, I'm not retiring. We're I got we kind of got plans to do um, step up to do more 410 stuff next year. I mean, it's I'm not shying away from it. It's not really any secret. I've been. Thank you for answering my next question. Already, What's coming up in 2022? I've already kind of put plans in motion to do that. Um. It's it's a big hurdle. Um, I we took the leap to go to Houston's this year and do that some of that this year. Um, we've been getting our butts kicked, but we've been yep. getting better. And that intensity up there, I think, helped here. Not that it, it helped my driving or anything, but it helps make you smarter. You know, you race against really good race car drivers, yep. and it you makes makes you smarter. Um, I remember when I was the guy. Wow, he's got four ten experience. Blah blah blah. Well, this is a lifelong quest to mm-hmm. make yourself better and make your team better. So if uh, if you're not trying to make yourself better, then you're falling behind or you're getting beat, one of the two. So I don't want to make excuses. And um, we get I try and earn everything we get, and I, I hope nobody says that we lucked into anything. James, bring us home. I tell you Close what, out. man, you haven't fallen – into anything you have had the help from your family you've had the help from your sponsors but since you were a little tiny kid man i didn't realize it then but i can realize it now you've got the passion you've got the drive you have the desire and this is your 2021 imca race saver Sprint Car Nationals champion, the number 12. They call him the Duke. I've been told we should change your nickname to the show. Tyler <laughs> Drukey. Dude, thank you so much for joining us on top of an incredible weekend of racing, an incredible weekend of podcasting. Thank you so much for coming on here, and congratulations. We'll call it the biggest win, but only for now. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I've known you a long time. So we went back to racing four wheelers in the Uncle Bill's backyard. So I don't <laughs> think we turned each other over that day. So well, I, I'm suck. glad you didn't turn me over in this interview. <laughs> well, you know what? Sounds like we need to race some four wheelers again. Yeah. Good luck the rest of your season. Good luck in 2022 and beyond. And we'll look forward to seeing you in victory lane again. Congratulations, Tyler. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks, buddy. 
James, let's hang out. Let's finish the rest of just kind of talking about the weekend that was. We'll do about another 10 or 15 minutes or so. Tyler, I'll take that from you. Thank you, buddy. Seriously, congratulations. That was uh, not only am I happy that you won it, but I love the way you freaking won it, man. Good job. This might be the longest one of the weekend. This but is it. Yeah. Man, is it incredible. Tyler, once again, thank you. Have a good night. Go party with your friends. Go party with your family. And congratulations on that baby that's about to be born. Yeah. We're definitely excited for that. Uh, you know, this was supposed to be my last weekend, but uh, they added a race at Columbus, so that's going to be touch and go. We'll see how uh, we'll see how the baby thing goes. That's actually going to be Dan Taylor's first trip to US 30 Speedway, so you better hold him to it because we want to see you pick up another checkered flag over there. Well, that, that that's all up to baby boy. So uh, after tonight, it's not about me no more. So hey, you won again. Joey Danley wanted a boy. He got a girl. You picked up the W on that one. <laughs> I actually wish for a girl so I wouldn't have to buy race cars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyler Drugie's going to head back and sign some autographs. Good job, man. Congratulations again. All right, uh, James, let's roll through the rest of the feature and the rest of the weekend as uh, we uh, we wrap up the Race Saver Nationals at Eagle Raceway. Uh Obviously, Tyler Drukey picking up the win. John Carney, incredibly close, .026. It's got to be a heartbreaker for that team to, to not be able to, to fulfill and get it when they were oh so close. You know, that was just so incredible. From an announcer's standpoint and a previous racer's standpoint, absolutely I'd have taken it. Yeah. And if I would have been the one that ran second place, I'd absolutely been mad about it. But that... In the words of Brian Holbert, that is what you save your lunch money for. Yeah. Anybody that paid their money to get in this gate tonight, anybody that paid to pay-per-view this show on IMCA TV, I think we should double charge your credit card because you absolutely <laughs> got your money's worth tonight. Jason Martin, uh, two-time previous uh, Race Saver Nationals champion in the 5X. I was a little surprised. I mean, he was Jason Martin. He was there. But I never really got the feeling like he was a factor. You know, he, he ran third because he's Jason Martin. He's freaking amazing. But it just didn't feel like he was there. When I was standing down there doing the driver introductions and everything, I really thought, you know, Martin up in the front row, I thought that it was going to be the Jason Martin show. And I was completely blown away by the way that the race, to, that that final feature went tonight because you wouldn't have expected it. You know, John Carney ran from 11th to go up and really be kind of the class of the field up until yeah. there was about five or a red and three to go and then a caution and three to go and then another caution and then another red and three to go. It Just the way it boiled down, you know, I feel like in the amount of time that we have been sitting here talking with as upset as John was after the checkered flag fell and we did the initial interview – I bet he's down there right now saying, you know, I'd have done the exact same yeah. thing. I need to give that kid a beer. Yeah. So Jason Martin brings it home in third. I'm not surprised one bit Jason Danley was able to hang in there. Jason has been a guy. I tried to invent a new word, but I can't quite get it out, especially now. What? Half a bottle into very old Bartons. Um, he is so consistent. He's not lightning fast and speed off the corner and 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 hard into the corner or anything like that he's just 
consistent. I'm not surprised at all he brought it home in fourth. You know, Mark from the Library Pubcast hates this word, but I absolutely love it. It may not apply to whiskey, but it damn sure applies to racing. The man is flat out smooth for as long as I've been, you know, as long as I've been hanging out with Tyler Drukey, I've been watching Jason Danley be it in a 360, a 305, 410. It doesn't matter. The dude is smooth. He's consistent. And, you know, at the beginning of the race, I didn't exactly see, as much as I love those guys, I didn't see either of the Danleys coming home in the top five. So despite the consistency, despite the championship, that wasn't really what I expected. So even down there in victory lane, going through and doing the top four interviews, I had to go back and look at my screenshot of the my race pad or the race monitor results. Sorry, yeah. get my race pass. I saw Jason Danley come in fourth and I can't tell you how impressed I was by that. He has proven that he is so consistent here, there, and everywhere. But, man, he really had the consistency figured out at Eagle Raceway this year. Absolutely. Uh, coming home in, uh, like we talked about, in fourth is Jason Danley. Fifth is Luke Cranston, your new track record holder for the 305s. The 20C was there. I think if I was to go back and, and, and give a recap. I, I just feel like he was a third to fifth car. And he didn't get everything out of that car. But you look at the people that finished in front of him, and, and that, that's a respectable finish. Absolutely a respectable finish. You know, I'm sure for Luke, it was one of them deals, you know, we've heard it 100,000 times, you know, one more lap, five more laps, whatever it comes down to. But mm -hmm. it boiled down to the way that it did, and... If you came in through the front gates at Eagle Raceway tonight or you rented that subscription on IMCA TV, again, I think we should have charged you double because that was some incredible racing. <laughs> it was a great night, and uh, unfortunately, I'm going to fall just a little bit short on being able to report. Uh, waiting for data ended up finishing sixth. That some bitch been fast all year. And I cannot remember the car. That was having transponder issues. Because it was uh, that's the waiting for data car, the one that for some reason it was he was just coming up through the field. I want to say it was the 25 or the 23P of John Painter Jr., but I can't say exactly. Uh, let me go through here and double check because I'm pretty sure that you're right. You know, John Painter Jr. had an incredible run Friday night. Uh, won the heat race, unfortunately got caught up in a bit of that tech inspection. But let's let's go ahead and see here. Running back through the data. Man, I got to give you some credit because you're was absolutely it? right. That was Holy John Painter Jr. That was the first time I've been right all weekend. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Ramey, a past champion, ended up finishing seventh. I'm really proud of Sean Pointer. Locked it into the feature on Friday night. Um, very quiet, very unceremonious um, kind of a guy. He's, he's just a, a quiet, simple dude. Absolutely. And he held his own against some of the best in the nation. You know, you're talking about how quiet Sean is and everything. The dude has said two phrases to me all weekend long. Do you want an Eagle Melon? And do you do have you that qualifier board thing? <laughs> uh, great, great job for Sean Pointer. I, I think that's well-deserved in that eighth-place finish. Uh, Chad Wilson on the 20 machine brings it home in ninth. And I think our 10th finisher is, is when I go over there and talk to him tonight, 
he's going to be incredibly disappointed with his night, his race, his race saver nationals. Stu Snyder has had his best season of his career winning back-to-back-to-back races at Crawford County Speedway, winning at Eagle, uh, I think, 13 or 14 wins on the year. One of his best seasons. He was having. He had a lot of confidence coming into this weekend and tonight, and it just felt like the car wasn't there. You know, I would venture to say that this is probably, if it's not the number one, it's easily within the top three of seasons that Stu Snyder's had. Yeah. But there again, that's a guy that I've known for a really long time, and nobody is going to be harder on Stu than Stu. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I'm positive that he's fairly upset with the run that he had tonight but the fact of the matter is we started 27 of the best race saver sprint car drivers in the entire nation if there's 305s overseas i bet we'd kick their ass too god damn but the fact of the matter is you come out here and run top 10 out of 27 you dang near beat 20 other cars 17 other cars Mm -hmm. you know that's really nothing to get super discouraged about Stu has had nothing short of an incredible season. Yeah. I mean, Tyler's had a great season. He picked up the biggest win of his life, but 13 feature wins on the year, that is nothing shy of incredible. So that's your top 10 in the Race Saver Nationals at Eagle Raceway. It's been uh, a hell of a weekend, and that closes out the season for Eagle Raceway. Uh, closes out just another great year of racing at Eagle, and uh, – uh, I'm obviously uh, going to be pretty sad and, and not know what to do with myself on Saturdays now, um, but I'll figure it out with, with so much stuff to do at home. You know, here's where I'm going to take it home. This might be the teariest diet that I get all night. I don't want to tear cry for a fifth time. You know. <laughs> Wait, it's a new day. It, it doesn't count anymore. The fact of the matter, at the end of the day, we've said it before, I wouldn't be where I am as an announcer, pit reporter, whatever you call me, without guys like you and Stan and Tom and everybody else. But the fact of the matter is, being as far as I know, the only or one of the few legally blind people to have the joy, the pleasure, and the honor of picking up a microphone on Saturday nights and doing this, I would not be here if it were not for the inconvenience of my family and friends. If it wasn't for Roger and Racine Hayden to give me this opportunity, for you and Stan Caesar to say, come up, let's try this, let's do this. If it wasn't for Jesse Johnson, Jeff Reed, anybody else that has ever dragged my ass to the racetrack to or from it, you know, the fact of the matter is, I'd probably ride a bike the 17, 18 miles that it is to get here, but without inconveniencing some of the most loved people in my entire life, I wouldn't be able to do this. And I am super honored to share a booth, share a racetrack, share a bottle of whiskey with you, Dan Taylor. Man, this has been such an incredible weekend. There's been three or four times that I've been ready to hang this podcast up because it's simply so hard to find guests and... No matter how much it disappoints people with some of the guests that we may have and no matter how much joy it brings people for some of the guests that we may have, it's just been so incredible to hang around with somebody that knows what they're doing, that helps instill knowledge. You know, you're not just one of those guys that's out there saying, you know, haha, I can interview people better than you. You're willing to be a teacher 
and a mentor and help other people get this thing rolling, whether it's helping out with tailored computers and repair and setting up people with computers that they need or helping announcers not only here at Eagle Raceway but I-80 and down the road. Yeah, go ahead and tear up because I'm pumping your tires tonight, buddy. Stop Thank it. you for everything. Stop it. Uh, this has been a, a, a lot of fun. And I uh, you and I are so incredibly lucky to have the people around us. To have, I, I, to have Tom Grosso to just little bits of lines and the way he, the way he talks to me and to us. Tom's delivery has been incredible for as long as I've known him. And if you would have told me five, six years ago that I would need to learn some of the things that, you know, because the whole reason that I ended up out here at Eagle is, you know, I used to send Racine Thompson Snapchats of me impersonating Johnny Gibson in the number 11K. And, hey, check it out, folks. You know, impersonating Tom Grasso. If it wasn't for people like that in my ear growing up, you know. Please don't impersonate Johnny Gibson. All right. I'll try not to do that anymore. But, you know, <laughs> growing up, for me, I'm going to let you guys in behind a wall. When you're growing up as a kid... And somebody tells you that you can't do something. You know, I'm legally blind. And people told me, you can't drive a race car. You have no business driving a race car. Of course, I'm not going to listen to them. People like my mom and my Uncle Bill that Tyler and I were talking about earlier tried to push me towards picking up something with a microphone. And as a stubborn-ass kid and teenager, that is yeah. something that I never wanted to do. And then there was a race early 2018, way before Eagle even started. It was like the Frostbuster over there. And there was some keyboard badass on Boone Speedway's page that said, Oh, you're going to get nine cars for your race saver thing. So I talked Chase and Nate Weiler. You know, Nate Weiler, incredible run tonight. Oh, a hell of a run. I mean, that is as tried and true of a family team as you can ever get. I rolled down there with Chase, and just by happenstance, I happened to walk by Roger and Racine, and you could see the light bulb on Racine's head spark up. What she literally said to me was, Hey, you send me Snapchats of you talking like an announcer all the time. How would you like to try it? I said, You know... I'll try it out one time. I had no idea that this was something th that I would be interested in. Yeah. And it's too fun. You know, we fast forward three years down the row or down the road, and there is absolutely nothing that I would rather do. You could put a Powerball lottery winning prize in front of me and say, okay, you can either have. 16 million dollars or you can go out and be a part of the broadcast crew at eagle raceway and i can honestly say money don't mean shit to me give me that microphone i am proud to know each and every one of you guys and again whether you've given me a ride whether you've taught me something shared a bottle of whiskey with me God, thank you thank whiskey. you thank you yeah we've definitely been pounding down the whiskey this weekend what a great, uh, great thing. And, and I'm, you know, we've been talking about it for the last year or so that we're very fortunate to have the crew that we do. Tom Grasso to be that mentor 
Um, and then Kurt Merrill. We haven't talked about Kurt near enough. Kurt's got a creativity and an energy to him that that whole driver introduction thing. Incredible. As soon as he was as he was brought on board as a member, and you, me, him, and Stacy all sat around, Kurt said, we need to change that driver introduction. It has so much potential, but it takes too long. It's too drawn out, this and that. And we all agreed. And so we went to work, and we made it what it is. And I think people thoroughly enjoy it. Um, this has just been such a great weekend, but I, I it's just I want to I want to come back and, and focus more on on the drivers because I hate talking about me. Uh, there are so many drivers here this weekend that I would not have been surprised if they want would have won this thing, and they couldn't get out of the D, they couldn't get out of the C. Tyler said it earlier, you know, uh, something like ninety one cars tried to qualify tonight alone and if you spread apart a whole weekend and put these exact 91 cars out here there was at least 61 that had a real shot of making it into this feature maybe not a shot at absolutely winning it but i bet if it was to come down to flat winners 20 out of 27 of the cars that qualified tonight had a shot at winning this feature i feel the worst i think for trevor grossenbacher hard luck for the 35 crew a kid has been incredibly fast and just didn't have any luck uh tonight and and uh so he he ended, i think he ended up on the hook yeah uh i didn't see where First he ended red. up finishing but just tough break for him but hell of a job uh and and i i hate the fact that this is the last race of the year you know for i-80 the silver dollar nationals is the biggest wheat race weekend and there's plenty of race weekends after that. We we close out the season down there at at the uh, at the Cornhusker Classic, but for here it's like you know, I got one analogy I can equate it to, but I'm not because it's going to be incredibly inappropriate. But it's just like you go from this ela- this huge high, Tyler Drickey winning by point oh two six, to now we got to pack all the stuff out of that booth and close it up for the year. Not for the week, which we leave stuff in there every single week that we use on a regular basis. But now we got to pull everything out of there. I got to make 15 trips to my truck to take everything out of there that I store in there in that announcer's booth for convenience and for use. You know it's what? Just, it just it sucks. It sucks that it's over with now. It it for, absolutely for, sucks. What, I mean, months. you know. You always joke with people when wintertime rolls around, whether you're a race fan or you're somebody that likes to go out to the lake on the weekend, you always joke about seasonal depression. Mm-hmm. And depression is nothing to joke about, but I've definitely been one to do it. But since I started getting to be a part of this, seasonal depression is absolutely a real thing. So I say we leave this announcer's booth packed as full as we can get it <laughs> no because roger's gonna go in there and throw all of our stuff away hell no we're gonna make him come out here next weekend if he won't drink whiskey <laughs> i'll buy him a case of beer no we're coming out here next weekend and we're gonna have a good let's time do, let's we're do gonna... another joint effort interview and we'll get roger on the show absolutely like i'm that. down sounds like we got a plan right. for next saturday i have to really pee oh absolutely okay uh, i so took a break midway we're gonna fight for the for the toilet and and we're going to wrap this baby up. Uh, big thank you to everybody that listened. We hope you enjoy it. Make sure you like and share Rolling Race News. Like and share the Front Stretch Podcast. This has been great. This has been fun. 
this has been it for now. We'll be back at it soon. Oh, absolutely. Podca- plenty of podcasts over the winter. We'll be back to racing next summer. You know. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. For uh, for James Rowland of Rowland Race News, I'm Dan Taylor of the Front Stretch. Have a great week. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>